Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here at the podium with the Minister for Health and Social Care, our Minister for Education, Sport and Culture, and our Director of Public Health are on Zoom. Let's start with the Health and Social Care Minister bringing us the latest key data. David. Thank you, Chief Minister. The total number of tests undertaken now stands at 49,283. The total number of tests completed also stands at 49,283, so there is no one awaiting results from the lab. New cases over the last 24 hours is zero, meaning our total number of cases remains at 1,575. We have 30 active cases and none of those are in hospital. On a couple of other points in relation to shielding, today shielding advice ended. However, we would urge employers to engage with employees who have been shielding about their personal circumstances to see if measures need to put, be put in place in the workplace to assist with their return to work. Turning also to vaccines, many people will remember that a few weeks ago we spoke about supply disruption that was due to take place in the middle of April. It is this week and into next week that we'll see the greatest impact on supply and that means people will see lower numbers of vaccines being delivered than the high numbers people have got used to over the last month or so. So people will see the numbers of vaccines delivering, dro delivered dropping to around 400 a day for the next week. This is down to the supply disruption we have already spoken about after which people will see stocks and delivery of jabs into arms increase once again. Thank you, Chief Minister. Thank you very much, David. It's great to see no one in our hospital with COVID. It's also wonderful to see another day of no cases. And most importantly, today is the 14th day without any cases that we could not explain. As I'm sure our Director of Public Health will remind us, this is not the end of the story. But it is an important milestone, nevertheless. A good moment for me to hand over to Dr Hewitt for her regular update. Dr Hewitt. Thank you, Chief Minister. There's not really an awful lot for me to add. Obviously, the, the figures are very much doing exactly what we want them to do. And now that we're 14 days, that's one full incubation period for COVID, clear of the last unexplained community case, we can be increasingly confident that we don't have um, ongoing transmission in the community. So that is obviously excellent news. And when we couple that with the progress of the vaccination programme, um, the increasing good news coming out from the monitoring of the vaccine effectiveness that is being done um, by Public Health England across and which um, has recently shown, they published in the last couple of days, the latest monitoring data, which shows the considerable impact that the vaccination programme has already had on reducing numbers of deaths across. So that's another piece of excellent news. And then, of course, the falling rates across is also good news for them and for us. Thank you. Thank you, as always, Dr Hewitt. So this does mean we are able to start to look more optimistically at the future. And this is what the Council of Ministers has been doing and will be doing this week. You will be accustomed by now to hearing major announcements on Thursdays. This is what we plan to do this week. One important aspect of our island life that has taken an important step back to normality today is our schools, preschools and childcare. Let me invite the Minister for Education, Sport and Culture to bring us up to date. Alex. Thank you. 
Today marks another step out of the current lockdown and towards a different phase in our response to the pandemic. I'm grateful to children, young people and their parents for their patience as we reopen schools today and get ready to start welcoming some students back from tomorrow. The last 12 months has really demonstrated the dedication and resilience of our hardworking teachers and all the staff who keep our schools open and safe. I would like to thank the lecturers and staff at UCM who have been working to support students getting close to the end of their courses who need to complete assignments and also um, assessments. We've also been working to support childminders, nurseries and playgroups to reopen. Childcare staff are often overlooked, but we owe them a great deal of thanks for the support they give to working families and the key role they'll play as our economy recovers. Thank you, Chief Minister. Thank you very much, Alex. And I would like to add my personal thanks to our teachers, school staff and all those working in preschool settings for everything they are doing. A safe return to school for our young people is so important not just for their education, their social development and their mental health, but also for our economy. Education and Kyle Chair has such an important role to play to support parents returning to work. I told you last week that we were looking at decisions relating to a number of our current measures, and that is what we plan to do. If the data remains as strong as it appears today, I am hopeful that from the 19th of April we will be able to lift a significant amount of the restrictions that are in place. It may not be everything in one go, it may be that we will need to keep some measures in place for just a little longer, but as far as possible we do want to step out of your lives as soon as we possibly can and as possibly we want to get in a place where it is for us to tell you about the risks and how best to minimise them, and then for you to make the right decisions for you and those around you. There are some final details that we need to work throughout the next couple of days, and we will let you know exactly what Monday will look like after the Council of Ministers meeting on Thursday. This week we will be able to continue our work on our longer-term approach. Tomorrow the Council of Ministers will be coming together with the rest of Timwald to discuss what the island might look like in the months ahead, including relating to the really tricky question of our borders. I've said before that government doesn't have a monopoly on good ideas. Far from it. We will be listening to members and using their input and their ideas to refresh our strategy and we will publish the outcome soon. It does seem clear that in one way or another we will have to deal with COVID for some time to come. The vaccination programme has already made and will continue to make a real difference. Our most vulnerable are being protected and the risk to our health service is being reduced. But the basics that have got us to where we are today will remain important. We must not forget the skills we have built up over this pandemic so far. We will need them again. Some form of social distancing might be needed in the future, as might face coverings in certain settings. Hand hygiene will continue to be important. The importance of well-ventilated spaces is another thing that we have learned is important in minimising risk. Another way that we will be trying to use as many different views as possible and listen to them is, emergency, is the emergency advisories group that we are establishing. The idea of the group emerged after debates in Timwald. 
The purpose is to provide impartial, informed and independent advice to the Council of Ministers as we go ahead into the next phases of our dealings with COVID. The Council of Ministers is now looking to appoint, on a voluntary basis, external professionals to the group. There are a wide range of areas in which we are seeking expertise, as well as those with a background in health and social care or science and technology. We are also looking for those who can bring expertise in other areas such as legal, business, logistics, emergency response and communications. If you think that you have something to offer and would like to be involved, you can find, find full details on the public appointments page of the government website and applications are open until Sunday. Let's go to questions now and first we have Sam Turton from Jeff. Good afternoon Sam, fast and mine. Uh, first of all, Chief Minister, if I could start with a question from a, a reader here. It's about the border situation and the policy that was written last year. They're asking, given that we've now vaccinated most vulnerable people in our society, is it not worth looking again at the border strategy to say, instead of 3A, we look at a complete reworking? And is it not worth asking the public necessarily what they think beyond just MHKs? Well, thanks, Sam, for that question. I think... Subject to everything continuing to go in the right way, we've said that by the end of this month we hope to move to 3A to allow um, family and um, partners and, and people who've got a legal um, attachment to the island, whether that be owning of property. I think that would be the best first step and then the next stage sometime not too far in the distance after um, if that works and, and obviously a testing regime will still have to be put in place then we move to um, allowing people to come to the island subject to restrictions based on the area that they come from yeah and just secondly another question we've had in regarding the steam packet review people wondering how that's going and when we expect the report to be ready for that yeah, it's due at the end of April. By the end of April, Sam, and I, I um, spoke to the team um, only last week and they said it was on track. Are they still working to the same scope or has that been expanded at all? It hasn't been expanded since we last um, spoke. So um, the, the scope has been published on our, on our website. It's, it's been sent out to everyone. So um, it's, it's, it's free for all to see. But you know, I, I hope to, to be able to see it in the next couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks very much, Sam. Next, we have Alex Bell from Isle of BBC Isle of Man. Good afternoon, Alex. Fast I. Good afternoon. Uh, the UK nations have moved another step on, many of them with unlocking today, certainly in England and Wales. Can you give the public here an assurance that by this time next week, we will be significantly ahead of the UK nations again in terms of our own unlocking? Yes, subject to the data being as strong as it is, Alex, we will be. I, I would be disappointed if we weren't um, back to where we were before the, the lockdown. The, the data is looking good. We've got no one in hospital and we've gone 14 days today without anything in the community. Obviously, we still have 30 active cases, but they're in isolation. So as long as the um, nothing significant changes, then we will be back to normal. And, and let's rem remind ourselves that unlike the UK, we had over 200 days in the last 12 months where we had a normal life where our young people went to school and all businesses on the island were able to carry on and we were all able to work as normal. Thank you. And um, to build slightly on the last set of questions there, uh, will a move to level 3A of borders bring with it any reduction or change in self-isolation rules? Well, that's what's being looked at at the moment, Alex, and we're having conversations with Timwell members tomorrow in a workshop 
to discuss that way forward. Obviously, there has to be change to that strategy if we're going to be allowing um, people to come to the island and we need to ensure that that's in place and I sincerely hope we can have it in place for the end of the month. Thank you. Thanks very much, Alex. We now move on to Paul Moulton from Arleman Television. Good afternoon, Paul. Fast am I. Good afternoon. Uh, you're saying that there's no one in hospital with COVID. I've been hearing from this gentleman um, that he went in, uh, this is a couple weeks ago, with COVID, but for something else very serious, he was in hospital, had a test, I think it was positive. Then he had another test uh, a little while ago and was negative. And then he's had another test, the final test, and he proved positive again. And this happened, and now he's been uh, discharged today, straight away, almost after having the test, it appears. Is this just to keep that number at zero? I mean, is this what we should expect? Are you being completely open and honest about those sort of things? And should we be worried that if someone's tested positive, they should be discharged? Um, well, first and foremost, before I bring in the health minister, it's, it's not going to massage figures, Paul, because he'd already been declared as having a positive case early on. So if he came back, he wouldn't be declared again because he'd already been recorded in the figures and it wouldn't impact any decisions that we make. So just want to clear that one up. Um, but I'll let David, um, if David knows anything, because obviously we don't get to know individual cases, but David may know something I don't. Yeah, yeah I can't comment on individual cases, you know, Paul, but I, what I can say is what the purpose of these figures are, because that's what we've got to go back to. The purpose of declaring the number of COVID-positive patients in hospital is to show that the pressure the hospital is under at any one time. So if there's pressures on the COVID ward, if there's pressures in ICU, so people can, in a transparent way, see what the hospital is having to deal with because again we have to go back to the measures last year and why all these restrictions were brought in one of the crucial things was about protecting the capacity of our nhs so if the person is discharged from hospital while they may still be an active case they are not affecting the delivery of services in the hospital so that is what that hospital figure is it's not saying that someone has been in hospital is now elsewhere it is physically the number of people in the hospital and that currently is zero uh, my next question is this dreaded word herding. We keep hearing now the UK is about to reach herd immunity. It's something that if we're on the same path in the sense of proportionally getting the same amount of vaccines, is that something, because you haven't mentioned that word at all, is that something now that is in your timetable going forward when we have our own herd immunity built up to such an effect that we can really start living with this? Okay, I don't know whether, David, you want to tackle that, and then Dr Hewitt would uh, come in. Yeah, yeah if I can come in, Chief Minister, and then I'll bring the Director of Public Health in. I, I worry about the phrase herd immunity, because herd immunity is a very specific phrase that actually means once you've built up a certain amount of protection, everyone else within a community can be protected. Even with the vaccine, it does not guarantee someone cannot contract COVID um, and pass it on to someone else. Like I say, the transmission is looking very good. There's a reduction in transmission from the vaccine but it's not absolute so I, I think the, the 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 words and the phrase herd immunity in certainly in some of the media in the UK is being used a bit out of context of what herd immunity is because certainly I've not seen any evidence um, to show that herd immunity is occurring from COVID-19 but I'll bring in the director of public health Thank you, Minister. Yes, I absolutely agree with the comments you've just made there I think the source of this specific um, question links back to a modelling study that was published last week and I think it was by a team from University College London in which they were forecasting that herd immunity either had been or was about to be reached um, certainly in England, UK um, and were 
postulating the, the positive consequences of that. Their modelling and their forecasting has been quite severely critiqued by others with expertise in this field. And I think I'm right in saying that the group that published this model actually have form in respect to publishing very over-optimistic models around projections for COVID and its impact in the past. So I think this particular study is not one we would give any particular rate weight to. Um, and the comments that the minister has just made about the difficulty of defining exactly what is meant by herd immunity, um, given the uncertainties around the impact um, of the vaccine across all um, potential outcomes. You know, it's too, too soon to be talking of that. And we certainly don't know what level of coverage um, would need to be reached to effectively stop transmission, which is what we'd really be talking about with herd immunity. Thank so you. once everyone's had the, uh, the vaccine, wants it, that should be it, shouldn't it, to some degree? I mean, it gets to the point where, you know, 80% or whatever the population is being done, we would therefore be living with it because of the vaccination. Well, obviously, I think we've always said, Paul, once we've um, vaccinated our most vulnerable groups, that's the one groups one to nine, then we can start to make changes to our policies. 99% of the population of our vulnerable population will then have been vaccinated. That's what we've been working to. That's why we've um, put so much um, hard work into delivering what I think has been an outstanding um, vaccination programme and a, a credit to all the people. We're on track to deliver that. And by the end of May, I think everyone will have had their the vaccinations from that group. So... Thank you very much. Next, we have Paul Hardman from Isle of Man Newspapers. Good afternoon, Paul. Fast am I. Good afternoon, Ministers. My first question for the Health Minister. Do we have a running figure for the number of people who have received first-dose vaccination letters but have not taken these up and booked an appointment? And also, is there a figure for people who have cancelled their appointments for AstraZeneca vaccines? Uh, in terms of AstraZeneca, I believe it's about 400 people that cancelled, but that doesn't mean they haven't re-registered since because we don't keep that data. Um, so although initially when the news around AstraZeneca came out, and again, I would urge people that they should still keep their appointments, they still should book, um, to actually say how many people haven't booked or aren't going to book, um, we have to remember that's very hard to do because the letters are continuously rolling out. Um, so there isn't an, a defined figure for that because people may, for instance be in the 70 year old category they've had the letter for several weeks and for whatever reason they've held on to it but they might be planning to book this week or next week there will be a mop-up session done towards the end of the vaccination program uh, where we're looking to work hopefully with the gps for them to be able to contact people who we know haven't had the vaccination and see if they can be encouraged to have it but it is it is personal choice vaccination we have to remember that um and it, you know it's not a compulsive thing and for what Whatever reasons there will be people who won't take up the offer thank you my second question for dr allenston with the prospect of border restrictions easing has any thought been given to the case of uk sports teams visiting for fixtures has there been any discussion of say same day pre-departure testing for teams that fly in and out in one day and likewise for manx residents traveling off island to participate in high level competition has any possibility been discussed that would allow them to return without isolating? Well, well th thank you for a very interesting question. One of the things that obviously Council Ministers are keen 
um, to progress in terms of the border policy is a commitment um, to look first at family and friends, those people who have been separated for over a year now, not being able to, to join together. But you make a very good point about visiting teams either way, but also visiting artists as well. We, the Villa Gaiety, we have a whole range of shows planned for later on in the year. And we will have to look really quite carefully at how we can safely bring people over to the island to perform or to compete in sports. And similarly for our, our own people to do that in the United Kingdom. This will be part of the whole review of the borders policy as we move past May to June or July. But again, the first commitment has to be for those um, close family and friends to allow them to meet up together. But following on from that, absolutely, we'll be looking at trying to get both the sporting life of the Isle of Man and the artistic life of the Isle of Man back on track. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. Now we move on to Leanne Cook from 3FM. Good afternoon, Leanne. Oh, good afternoon, Chief Minister. Sorry, my signal went out for a second. Can you hear me okay? We can. We can. Okay. My first question is for the Health Minister, and it's just in relation to the Moderna vaccine. I know in previous conferences you've indicated it will be available in Ireland potentially sometime in the upcoming weeks. I wondered if you now have more of an idea of a definite date as to when it will be available. We don't as yet, Leanne. The, uh, the, the PGD, which is the documentation around Moderna, still needs to be signed off by the UK in order for us to use it. Uh, we need to have the indemnity in place as well, um, but it will be in coming weeks. Okay, thank you. And my second question is for the Education Minister. It's actually a question we've had from a parent. They've asked if it's decided that all children are back in school from next Monday, will attendance be compulsory or can parents who are classed as vulnerable wait till the following week to see if anything happens once some restrictions are lifted? Yeah, I mean, thank you very much, Leanne, for, for that question. And, and the answer to it is that attendance will be voluntary, certainly for, for the next couple of weeks. We understand that the people need to do their own risk assessment. We understand that both um, vulnerable children and vulnerable adults may be a little bit wary of going straight back to school, um, you know, when we can hopefully reopen it um, next week. What we'll be doing is working with those parents and ask them to discuss their their concerns with their head teachers and support them during the transition back to normality. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you, Leanne. We seem to have had a bad um, contact there, but um, hopefully it'll be right for, for, for Thursday. Right, we move on to Tim Glover now from Manx Radio. Good afternoon, Tim. Fast yes, fast to my ministers and uh, director of public health. First question is to the education minister. I just want to know the role of the department in the planned uh, reopening, the phased reopening of schools, because there seem to be different approaches from different schools. Have you considered testing? And uh, can you just explain ventilation, open windows, but also the systems, the air systems? Is Could you repeat that last sentence, Tim? We, we sadly we got cut off. We seem to be experiencing bad connection here. I, I will. I'll I think we got to ventilation. The... Yeah, I was just wondering about. Obviously, we know about open windows, but it's also it has a, it's the ventilation systems in areas of schools which don't have windows. Is that an area of concern? If we can unmute Alex, please. Yeah. 
Thank you very much, Chief Minister. Um, I, in terms of the role of the department in all this, we're very much there to, to advise and support head teachers and their staff deliver education. We've been working quite closely with them over the exam schedule, for instance. Obviously, physical exams have been cancelled, but we're doing a lot of work with the various examination boards to make sure that um, young people get the right sort of assessments, get, they, they get their assignments on time, so they can get the grades that they deserve. You talked a little bit about testing, and obviously in the United Kingdom, we've seen a rollout of optional twice-weekly testing for all school children, and also in universities as well. We've looked at that in terms of an Isle of Man context. We're in a difficult, a different position here because we've got um, hopefully no virus left on the island or extremely low levels. So what we're doing is symptomatic testing for young people. And again, it's that message that if you do feel unwell or you have COVID symptoms, to dial 111, get advice, get tested. But to the levels of routine asymptomatic testing, we'd have to be doing thousands just to pick up perhaps one case. And also, we've got to realise that the testing itself is really quite uncomfortable um, and really, really quite an intrusive thing to do. And some parents have told me that if they had to do regular testing, they wouldn't want to send their children back to school. So we're trying to get that balance right and trying to calculate the risk. What we have offered is for routine testing to a member of staff who wants it, particularly teachers, so that they can have that assurance that they're well going into school and won't be spreading any of the virus. You mentioned um, ventilation and air systems in schools. Now, obviously, we, we have a range of different schools on the island go, which have been built at different times. And so the ventilation systems are, are, are very different. What we have done in terms of a risk assessment is do some of the um, really deep cleans that we need to do, checking for things like salmonella in some of the ventilation systems, particularly when schools have been shut down for a large period of time, and especially last year. We're also looking at, at increasing ventilation through windows, through keeping doors open, those sort of things, um, and also using outdoor areas for, for learning and teaching whenever possible. We will be looking further, more closely at other ways that we can optimise ventilation systems to bring in filtration, to actually try to clean up the air as much as possible as we go into very much a mitigation stage that the Chief Minister signals we're now increasingly moving into because of the vaccination programme, because of the success in the element community of driving down the amount of virus on the island, but also because of the situation across the United Kingdom with decreasing numbers of uh, patients. Thank you, Chief Minister. Thank you, Tim. And secondly, uh, you mentioned, Chief Minister, that you uh, wanted uh, to open the air bridge to Guernsey um, as, as quickly as uh, is humanly possible. That's triggered a lot of questions from our listeners who are saying, what about other destinations and is there a danger with no known dates yet that we're going to fall behind other jurisdictions and miss the boat on visitors? Well no I think that something that we're working on in the Council of Ministers with Tim will this week Tim is that we will be looking on our border strategy to to move forward uh, as quickly as we can the vaccination process has gone exceptionally well we can't be complacent we are reliant on getting our fair share of the vaccine to the island from the United Kingdom but the first one it should be fairly simple is Guernsey because they have been following very similar um, rules and regulations to ourselves and therefore they will it's just a case of that will be the very first one um, but it's not going to cause any delays to us looking with the United Kingdom we don't have any direct and I don't expect us to have any direct links with any other jurisdictions but the, the UK will be the area that we will travel to other than than Guernsey and I, I hope that given the position we find ourselves in now the number of cases in the UK 
and our vaccine programme being where it is, that we can move on as quickly as possible. Just on that, um, we've talked about obviously the isolation periods, but are, are you looking with just two ports of entry? Are you looking at any sort of testing regimes? Yes, obviously we're going to have to look at various testing regimes, whether that will be at the airport and the, and, and the, um, the sea terminal. Um, but that's what's being considered now, Tim, and we'll be discussing this over the next week or two with um, our Timwell colleagues as well as Comin and our uh, our advisors. But yeah, we're, we're you know hopefully things are moving on. The UK is in a much better position. We're coming out of a a bad outbreak of COVID-19 but we're moving forward well now and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we can move on our borders as quickly as possible. Thank you very Thank much you. Tim. Right last but not least we have Simon Richardson from Business 365. Good afternoon Simon, fast am I. Good afternoon Chief Minister. Um, using the open data listed on government's COVID website we've calculated first dose vaccination rates on the 12th of February in order to compare with the first dose rates today and as expected the good news is that it's a remarkable contrast so with the new high levels of protection through vaccination of our priority groups together with great progress in the vaccination of younger groups should further cases occur after April 19th are we now in a confident position to move straight to simple mitigation measures such as face masks rather than hard lockdowns which are obviously causing so much misery to people in business? Thanks Simon, it's a good question. I've said before now that I don't want us to have another lockdown. We have to accept that once we allow family and friends and then open the borders up to people coming in um, to the island that we will see cases of COVID-19 on the island and we may have to implement some measures but I sincerely hope that we do not ever have to go back into another lockdown. We will have our population vaccinated in a very short period of time with that protection there and then we will have to learn to live with it. There will be booster vaccines I'm sure, there will be annual injections, vaccines, jabs for COVID going forward in the future. But um, we are getting into a, a better position all the time. But we can't let our guard down. And I would ask everyone to still, if say, if you if you're feeling unwell with all the signs, ring one one one, and um, have have yourself tested. But yeah, we will be learning to live with it. And mitigations may well be social distancing, mask wearing, certain rules and regulations going forward. But I sincerely hope that we never have to lock down the entire island again. Thank you. And following on from Alex's question earlier, can we be assured that uh, friends and family will be able to isolate with family members and not in a separate location once the restrictions are eased? Well, that's obviously ongoing at the moment, um, Simon. We're looking into that at the moment. We're taking advice, working on a strategy. And once we have that update, we will uh, be able to tell you. At this moment in time, my priority is to get as much, if not all, of the island open up a week today. And then shortly after that, we'll be able to announce what our plans are for our borders. Because presumably after the 19th, if there are no more cases, it will be a virtually a full opening of the island. Yes, that's my sincere hope, Simon. But let's not um, damage, uh, by saying too much, um, the opening up, um, hopefully a full opening up a week today. Let's not jinx it. Um, there are still more data to come in, more planning, etc. So let's just take it one step at a time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Simon. And thank you all very much for your questions.
And thank you for everything that you are doing that you've done to get us where we are. I've always said that we will only keep measures in place for as long as they are necessary. And it does feel that the situation that you have created will allow us to be more confident in our decision making on Thursday. Please continue to do the right thing. We do seem to be in the home straight now, but the last thing any of us want to do is to lose our footing with the end in sight. Please do remain vigilant. If you have any COVID-like symptoms, please don't ignore them. Self-isolate right away and contact 111 for advice and to arrange a test. Please stay safe and keep your family and other loved ones safe. Thank you all very much. Bye-bye.